Hello, this is Hugo Prévost, and you are listening to a brand new SVGA DLC. Earlier this week, I talked with Laura Kurting, the co-producer and founder of Lab 132, a German studio who is working on the management sim orbit industries. Enjoy! Hello, so today I'm joined by uh, Laura Kurting. She is the co-founder and producer of Lab 132, which is a German studio. So hello, Laura. Hi, I'm Laura. Uh, thank you for being here today with us to talk about Orbit Industries. Uh, just to w- want to be sure, do we pronounce it Orbit.Industries or is it just for uh, visual effect? Uh, more? It, it is for visual effect, so <laughs> Orbit Industries is correct. That's perfect. So Orbit Industries, which is a, um, could we call it, I, I'm guessing it's a management game. It's a space station simulator, is uh, both that, of those yes. things. Yes, exactly. Um, it's at its core, it's a space station building and management game. That's kind of the core gameplay you can expect. And I had the occasion to uh, play the demo because there's a demo version out, which is I think it's a nice trend to to to, to bring back because if our uh, maybe older listeners uh, remember, they, there used to be a, a, a time when uh, we didn't really have access to to well a, a fast connection on the internet. So we had the, all these demos on disc, and we used to play them over and over and again until the game came out. And uh, for a time, we didn't have any demo version so we had to take a guess and to see if the, the game was good before buying it for 20 30 40 for even more <laughs> yeah, yeah and uh so yeah the, now there's a demo version it's uh i think it's on steam it's on gog uh like i said i had the occasion uh, the, the time to play with it a little bit uh it's quite interesting could you tell me a bit more about the uh the origin of the idea were, were you approached by the publisher which is uh, clabato or was it uh, an in-studio idea if you yeah it was it was our own idea uh, the idea started kind of around 2017 mm-hmm. 2016 uh, already when we were uh, founding the company just and uh, we started uh, fiddling on a prototype and just brainstorming some ideas for our first game that we wanted to do then our focus kind of shifted for a few years actually um, on more uh, porting uh, and contract work stuff to get money, get mm-hmm. the business going, get the company going. And then at some point, we were able to shift our focus back to uh, Orbit Industries. Um, we also got some funding, both from uh, the German state that we live in, as well as the um, German government. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a, a bigger funding opportunity for games. They have been for, I think, like two years. Uh, yeah, and with that, we were able to um, go into production, go into full production. And then summer 2021, so last year, summer, uh, we felt that the game was in a good enough state to approach publishers. Uh, so um, we we didn't think we would be able to publish ourselves. On the technical side, we would. We know the pipeline, especially for consoles, pretty well. But QA, we didn't have enough manpower for enough uh, QA and testing We have no idea about marketing or PR or anything like that. So we definitely uh, wanted to go with the publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just how it goes, contact lots of publishers, go into lots of meetings, pitch your ideas, get feedback, send over some documents again, get more feedback. And then in the end, we decided to go with Klabater because it uh, 
seemed very indie friendly and we were very happy with the with the contact and the the tools and experience they they have yeah so the idea was ours um and it just kind of I don't know where it came from, just kind of personal interest from, especially from our lead designer, but also from the the whole team um, about space uh, in general. Mm -hmm. Just I see. And uh, maybe for people who don't, well, really know the game yet, you have to, uh, well, like the title suggests a little bit, you have to manage your space station, which is uh, separated between uh, scientific research, you have to, uh, there's some missions you have to accomplish, you have to also build mm -hmm. modules, and I think that's one of the most interesting parts, because uh, there's a, a whole planning phase, if you if you will, of, the, uh, of this game, where you not only have to construct Uh, physical parts of your station in, in space, but you also have to connect in a sort of a Tron-like grid or something uh, inside the yeah. station where you have to uh, manage your resources. And uh, as someone who played a lot of Factorio and its games like that, I, I saw this and I said, okay, no, that's very dangerous. I could easily lose myself in this, <laughs> spend a few hours just connecting dots and lanes. And, yeah, um, yeah. It offers lots of potential for, I don't want to say micromanaging because it has kind of a negative touch, but you can, yeah, really lose yourself in reorganizing everything and, yeah. And I'm sure it's the, I wasn't able to play for a lot of hours on the demo version, but um, I saw a glimpse of problems that can be cropping up. You need, you don't have enough manpower, don't have enough energy or water or Uh, whatever else and uh, once again I was thinking myself oh that's something there's a phase is a game a bit of a gaming phase where you you're you're so focused on uh, resolving problems and hours can fly by <laughs> and you can wake up and oh it's six in the morning you have to go I have to go to work um As I mentioned, there was I mentioned Factorio. There's a bunch of, of course, many many of the other uh, management games out there today. Was there an inspiration for for your game? Was there a, a group of games that you you told yourself, oh, we want to take some stuff from these titles and use them or use the mechanics in our game? Uh, nothing specific comes to mind. Of course, there are certain mechanics or actions uh, that you can make as a player uh, from typical simulation strategy games. Most of the game's inspiration just draws from classic science fiction, movies, literature, and mm -hmm. so on, Star Trek, Babylon 5, stuff like that. That's kind of where the, the overall inspiration came from. Also, the, the modules you're able to build, uh, yeah, that was heavily inspired by not specific games, but more the, the sci-fi genre in mm -hmm. itself. And what was the uh, the biggest problem when it came to to because you, of course, going from the idea to the actual product is a very long process. Uh, was there a, a, a was there a group of, of obstacles you have to uh, overcome to in order to 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 get where you are today? Oh, lots, <laughs> just <laughs> lots of small problems. I think all game developers can relate to this, or anyone who has ever tried to kind of professionally make games themselves. Um, the original idea was 
those three separate views you have. You have the outside view of the station where you do all the building. It it's, has kind of a 3D realistic look. We wanted to uh, make the graphics look very nicely, uh, realistically. And then we wanted to separate the management aspects from the outside view. So we created this kind of inside view, management view of the station, this kind of abstract blueprint-like, mm -hmm. very uh, unusually looking uh, interior. Because um, we thought putting all the, the research management aspects, like where to, where to put the pipelines, where which resource is flowing, the workforce and so on into the outside view would, would make it very chaotic very quickly. So we wanted to completely separate that. Mm -hmm. um, and this is also something we didn't see in any, any other games. So our game kind of offers two diff, a little different gameplays. Uh, you have the outside building and the inside management. They're pretty different. So we have kind of two in one. Uh, and then the third main view is just very UI heavy, the procurement, uh, where you work, uh, take on paid contracts, where you unlock new modules and so on. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of the three main views. This, this core idea of the three main views was, was uh, very easy, not easy to come up with, but we had that very early on. We had a prototype in a few weeks or months, mm -hmm. um, but of course, after that, the real work began. Um, <laughs> Gameplay, yeah, fully implementing all the mechanics, making sure everything is working together, making sure it works on all the platforms we wanted to tackle from the beginning. We were aiming for um, all the all consoles. Mm -hmm. Then kind of in the middle of development, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X came out. So we were like, okay, let's do that as well. Let's do next-gen consoles as well. Um, all the polishing. Then when we found our publisher, they, of course, had some very valuable feedback as well. There's the um, there's an AI kind of guiding you through the game, giving you some hints and comments, guiding you through the mission. That was just implemented sometime last year because it was uh, um, based on an idea by our publisher who said, mm -hmm. hey, that's why, why not put an AI into this? And we were like, that's an excellent idea. Why didn't we think of it? So that came in very late. Yeah. And then lots of lots of small stuff. You talked about uh, adapting the game for consoles. Uh, well, I basically, I played it on the PC with a, a mouse, and, uh, mouse and keyboard, but I, I'm trying to visualize having to navigate uh, because there's a, there's a lot of menus, a lot of, lots of buttons to press. Yeah. Uh, did you have to change it, the, uh, the interface in order to accommodate someone with a controller? Uh, we didn't change it at any point but we of course when starting to make uh, concepts and mock-ups for the interfaces and then implementing them we always had to do that with consoles in mind mm -hmm. so we didn't have to iterate over it or create separate interfaces for pc and consoles we wanted to make it one one package and not uh, differentiate between the versions yeah and also the the input the controls uh, we always had to think about it kind of gamepad first or controller first in mind um, and try to tackle it this way to uh, spare us some some work and difficulties in the end because we didn't want to focus on the PC version too much, too long, and then kind of do the console versions in the end. This, it was always a, a very parallel process. 
Um, yeah. There was a, another thing that was uh, pleasantly surprised about is the uh, localization because, well, I speak French is my mother tongue and yeah. usually uh, what happens is games are either uh, only available in English or it's a translation uh, done with Google Translate or and so there's errors and uh, mistakes and so on um, and I was surprised to see that well it's in French uh, mm -hmm. by default well for me because I'm guessing my operating system is in French and then uh, it's well written it's uh, there's no uh, uh, there's There's no clipping. There's no, no apparent mistakes. Was it something you uh, wanted to do from the beginning uh, to offer the game in multiple languages? Yeah, yeah. It was also yeah planned from the very beginning that we wanted to tackle at least uh, the, some European languages, yeah. French, Italian, Spanish, and so on. Uh, for consoles, it's also um, mandatory if oh. you want to uh, publish in some regions, South America, for example. You can publish if you don't have a Spanish version. So we planned for localization uh, early on. Yeah, and then if, if you like the French translation, I'll have to pass that compliment on to the localization agency we work with. Uh, yeah, I, I warned them from, them from the beginning that it would not be easy to translate because, mm -hmm. for example, the, all the modules and systems, they have a name and then an abbreviation. Yeah. And the abbreviation, of course, has to make sense in the individual languages. They can't just take that over from English and reuse it because in French or Chinese, it might not make, make sense. So the, the local agency kind of had to put some design efforts into this and come up with their own abbreviations and use them correctly throughout all the texts. And yeah, that was that's really cool. Also, the, the achievements, the trophies uh, are also very well localized in my opinion i'm very happy with the with the work the local agency did and now i think the game is coming out in 10 days so on april 21st yes exactly. uh, are you stressed a little bit are you nervous oh, i think we're we're it it depends some days i wake up and i'm excited beyond uh, everything and then some days i wake up and i'm scared as hell so it <laughs> very much depends and it might change over the course of the day as well <laughs> of course and uh once the game is out do you plan to it's i always ask the same question do you plan to eventually offer more content or some expansions maybe or do you do you think okay it's it's done it's out there And we're taking a little break, and then we'll go back to well, when we come back, we work on a new project or a, a new idea. We do have a, a new project in planning already, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't start for another few months. So uh, we definitely plan on um, kind of staying with Orbit Industries for, for a, a good while. Um, we have, well, I don't want to say a, a, a medium sized team, but we have manpower to do uh, both mm -hmm. so yeah we want to stay with orbit industries of course uh do some kind of community management answer questions get feedback and then of course we already have our own ideas for uh more content more fixes more improvements dlcs we of course have have several ideas for that and i, I think we'll just have to see after the release what what kind of attention the game is getting and uh, what players wish for, what should we put our focus on, maybe the things we think about players might enjoy uh, in, in the form of a patch after a few weeks might not be what players actually want. So we'll, we'll have to see, gather that feedback and then plan out the next months. 
Well, Laura Curtin, co-founder and producer at Lab 132, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much. And very the game fun. is, as I said, Obrade Industries is out on April 21st. It's on PC, it's on console, so you can uh, buy it. You can play the demo, as I said. There's a demo version if you want to try it before you buy it. So once again, thank you for your time. Thank you. And that's it for this DLC. Once again, my name is Hugo Prévost. Thank you for listening to SVGA, your PC retro gaming podcast. If you want to catch up on our previous episodes, you can visit pieuvre.ca. We are also on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and on our host, Balado Québec. Until next time. <laughs>